And now it's time for another Dr. Film Podcast. Today on the Dr. Film Podcast, we're going to have a debate between two philosophies about presenting older films. Should older films be reformatted, cut, or colorized to suit modern audiences? We'll have two viewpoints on this. Dr. Film has taken over today because he's in full rant mode on this topic. He'll be point and counterpoint will be provided by Marx Brothers fan and all-around movie aficionado Bob Gasell. First up, Dr. Film. I don't even know why there's a debate on this. So many people want to present movies and TV shows at their newer widescreen ratio, and even worse, in color, and worse still, sliced to ribbons beyond their wildest dreams. MeTV has switched over to this format lately, meaning their shows are not only edited, but they're time-compressed and cropped to fit in a 16 by 9 window. They're beginning to look so little like the original shows that I wonder if they should be retitled MeTV Presents Something That Looks Sorta Like This Original Show. Okay, I get it. There are more commercials than there were 50 or 60 years ago. And the audience for these shows is small, so we have to squeeze in as many commercials as possible just to stay on the air. Personally, I vastly prefer the approach that stations like Get TV, Comet, or Action take, which is to run an older show in a 75-minute time slot. They're running things that I've never been able to see, like Gene Roddenberry's The Lieutenant, The Honor Blackman episodes of The Avengers, or even Patrick McGowan's Danger Man. These shows are interesting, shown in their original black and white when applicable, and even in standard screen mode. And most of them are not going to be shown in streaming formats. But what's the deal with editing these shows and stretching them out or cropping them so much? Henry VIII cut off fewer heads than MeTV's presentation of Hogan's Heroes, and don't get me started about how they're butchering the Carol Burnett shows. Yeah, I know these were always edited highlight shows, but converting low-res 1970s videotape into 16 by 9 is just a travesty. Those shows never looked that great, and now we're missing 20% of their sharpness. Great! Of course, the world's champion of reformatting and cutting is this new station called This. On This, all movies fill up a two-hour time format with plenty of commercials, and everything is in 4x3 screen size regardless of when it was shot. I saw part of the James Bond picture Moonraker on This TV one night, and when they came back from a commercial, they'd move 20 minutes into the film, which no longer made sense. Moonraker is over two hours in its original version and it's widescreen to boot, so this didn't even remotely resemble what I saw at the movies in 1979. And yes, I get it again. People will switch off things if they're too long or if they're in black and white or they don't fill up their screen. Okay, so people are dumb. And people are dumb because we don't educate them. And we dumb the shows down to the lowest common denominator so that they can be consumed more easily by more dumb people. I remember when Turner Network Television and TCM ran ads explaining how letterboxing worked and showing how it was better. Why can't we do that again? 
Show people what happens when we crop a movie to fit your screen. Show what happens when we colorize something and it ruins the original mood of the work. Does it take a visionary like Ted Turner to do this again? And don't remind me that Ted Turner was the guy who started colorization. He also stopped at first when he realized it didn't make enough money to justify the expense of doing it, and it ruined the artistry of the original works. And speaking of the artistry of the original shows, are we suddenly becoming the arbiters of how to change that? Hey, we don't like the screen size of this old show, so let's change it. Do we take the Mona Lisa and say, gee, we have a nice frame for this, but the painting doesn't fit, so let's just cut it off so it fits? No. For some reason, societally, we respect some art more than others, and TV and movies are just disposable art, so let's monkey with it. I hate the idea that we have to change around artworks to fit the fleeting idea of what's modern and palatable to a new audience. And don't tell me that it's all okay because the originals are still available. That's the bunk. I know well enough that what gets saved is what we run a lot, and sometimes that means the original goes away. Don't believe me? The original Phantom of the Opera doesn't exist in its original format in 35mm, but only in a weird reissue version that was cobbled together for sound. The first Tarzan serial with Elmo Lincoln survives only in a re-edited version for sound. A bunch of two-color Technicolor movies survive today only in black-and-white versions because it was too hard to copy the Technicolor footage, and gee whiz, the only market at the time was TV, which was only black-and-white anyway. The original negative for Gone with the Wind was partly butchered to reframe it into a widescreen format for a bad reissue, and it was rough to fix it. And we're talking about one of the most famous movies ever made. I'll skip out on The Magnificent Ambersons because it was never released in its original format, but how about movies like Frankenstein, The Thing, The Devil and Daniel Webster, King Kong, Animal Crackers, The Sea Wolf, and Captain Blood? These were all cut from their original versions, either for censorship reasons or simply to fit in a shorter time slot. And each of them was nearly lost because we only show the short version now. Oh, but that's okay, because the new markets eventually come around and restore these, right? There's a whole generation of fans who'd love to see the footage cut from the 1932 film Horse Feathers, which survives today only in a butchered form due to censor cuts for a reissue. Will the original ever be found? Time will tell, but it doesn't look promising. So making these alternate dumbed-down versions is ultimately not helpful for the art itself, but it's also not helpful for the long-term preservation of the original versions. We owe it to ourselves as a culture to stop creating these versions and to stop being so condescending to audiences that we assume that they can't learn something about their own cultural history. Sometimes movies don't fill up your screen. Sometimes we have long movies that don't fit in a two-hour slot. Sometimes things from 80 years ago will offend you. That's the way things were. And we can't change the past, and we shouldn't change our art. Dr. Film, you ignorant putz. Let me just start off by clarifying that despite what you would have everyone believe, I do not promote the colorization of all media. Only that there are times when it can be justified and it doesn't bother me. Uh, I haven't always felt this way. When colorization first hit in the 80s, I was as strongly against it as one could be. It didn't look good. It looked awful, as a matter of fact. And even more importantly, it felt totally unnecessary. As the decades have passed, the technology has greatly, greatly improved, and there's some really well-done colorization being done these days. And while I still think it's mostly unnecessary, I do see some benefits. Now, before I get into that, let me backtrack. 
When colorization first started, one of the strongest arguments against it is that the bogus color versions would somehow replace the originals, and the black and whites would just somehow disappear and be forgotten. Well, that never happened. In the more than three decades of colorization, the only film where the colorized version has somehow become the default is, uh, I think, Laurel and Hardy's Babes in Toyland. And even then, the black and white version remains easily available for anyone who wants to find it. My most important point. Colorized films will never be more than a novel alternate version. And with the infinite competition for attention these days, the more options, the better. If it takes color to get a few more eyeballs on fun stuff like the Three Stooges or Dick Van Dyke show, so be it, I say. For me, it's all about the performances and the writing. Obviously, atmospheric drama is another story, but uh, that's for everyone to make their own choice. So while I have no problem with someone who doesn't want to ever watch a colorized film, I think all the fears have been proven unfounded. Now, as far as cropping 4x3 material to widescreen, I don't see why it would ever need to be done to a theatrical film that was carefully framed. It probably could be done well to some, but I don't see a real viable reason why it would ever be needed. Classic TV series, however, are a whole different kettle of fish. For running on mainstream outlets these days, I do see the commercial need to compete with newly produced programs. And though I was skeptical at first, I have seen cropping really well done on series like Seinfeld and The Griffith, and more recently the new high-definition transfers of MASH that are running on Hulu and on iTunes, where they have carefully recomposed each shot. Sure, an occasionally awkward framing may result, but on whole, it really keeps these works looking fresh. On the other hand, if it is lazily done like the MeTV versions of Hogan's Heroes, it can be a distraction. Obviously, when it comes to purchasing on DVD or Blu-ray, the original should always be available. That goes without saying. My main point here is that for many great works to be viable in today's marketplace, we must not treat them like museum pieces. They are living, breathing pieces of media that may need to be tweaked for today's society and audience. To me, editing for time and time compression are much more valid concerns than colorization and cropping. So there. So that's Bob's opinion. What do you think? Write us an email at askdoctorfilm at drfilm.net. We'll see you next time.